0: Bandwidth for Security Now is provided by AOL Radio at AOL.com slash podcasting. This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode 47 for July 6th, 2006. Internet weaponry. brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro security gateway. On the web at www.astaro.com. Steve Gibson and his magic mustache are back on Security <laughs> Now. Somebody suggested, you know, we have uh, those little pictures of ourselves next to uh, next to each posting on the uh, this week in tech website. And uh, my I wink and Alex's eyebrows go up and down. Somebody suggested we should get your mustache to... Uh up and down.
1: Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's happening to it is it's turning more gray. Just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can fix that. We, we, we can ungray that. We have the technology. Uh, first, I was thinking, this, that might be toothpaste, but no, it's definitely not toothpaste. <laughs> or one of those milk mustaches. <laughs> for. Well, I will uh, Nitrazac and Snaggy of the Joy of Tech, a wonderful Joy of Tech comic strip, do these for us uh, at uh, joyoftech.com. And uh, I'm sure I can get to, uh, to to maybe put a little more black. Do a little uh, Grecian formula. And uh, you're,
1: uh, we, we, I don't mind being unretouched. That's <laughs> fine.
0: You're you're not you're not as gray as the picture. Actually, so we'll have to fix that. Okay. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about a, I think a fascinating subject. Uh, you call it internet weaponry. Well, yeah. I want to talk about botnets, as they're called, and
1: the evolution of true internet weaponry, which is unfortunately. What exists today on the internet, and it is highly effective. Much more
0: effective than Kim Il Jong's missiles. <laughs> unlike yeah. unlike them, they aimed. This internet weaponry is aimed at you and me, and everybody who well, uses the internet.
1: It, it's aimed at anyone. They that the controllers of the weaponry choose to aim it at. Uh, it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to hide, and it has unlimited range, unlike Kim Jong-il's
0: <laughs> missile that yes. lasted for 35 seconds and then sputtered out. So what, when you say Internet weaponry, what are we talking about?
1: Well, this all began about eight years ago, um, sort of toward the end of 98 and, and, and in 1999, with um sort of the the general prevalence of the net and and machines on the net the very first recorded attacks were unix based machines in a in in a network where because, because always the idea was that you needed to generate a lot of bandwidth now uh, attacks have Increase, and we're talking denial of service attacks using a lot of packets, internet packets, basically to swamp either the receiving machine or the machine's connection to the internet. The idea being that that any given internet connection has a certain speed. You know, a modem is 56k, DSL might be 384k, cable modems, you know, maybe you're able to receive, for example, a megabit, but but whatever that rate is, that sets basically the, the total amount of traffic that is able to fit down that connection um, at any given time. So, so, if more than that amount of traffic is being sent into sort of like the front of the connection the if and the connection is only able to carry a certain amount, some percentage of packets will be dropped the the The, the router that 's trying to to saturate and and force as much data down the connection, whatever its speed. The, the the routers own buffers will overflow and its strategy is simple I, I just drop what I can't send and as we've talked about in prior episodes the, the Internet's protocols are robust in the face of dropped packets because it's, it's understood that this is all very, you know, routers forward what they can and in the best direction they know how to, but packets will get lost. And so the TCP protocol has a, has a, a whole acknowledgement system and a retransmit logic Um Protocols like UDP that don't have that built in. Their applications like DNS knows to make a, re- to resend a request if it hasn't received a response. So the notion of packets being dropped is something that the internet can deal with. The problem is if, if somebody, for example, were flooding a a dSL connection that can handle three hundred and eighty four k if they were flooding it with three hundred and eighty four megabits that is a thousand times more than it can handle th- then then there 's very little chance one in a thousand for your good packets, that is the, the the valid packets you you would like to receive down your DSL connection. There's there's very little chance for them to compete against this flood of of attacking packets. And you know the attacking packets are nothing really but too many. They're just too many of them, and the router has no way of knowing in a properly designed attack which packets you want and which ones you don't. They all look the same to a router. So it just, you know, it, it just sends what it can onward and drops the flood, basically. So, so it's not that the denial-of-service attack is all getting through to you and, like, overheating your, your DSL modem or something. It's that the, that you see a denial-of-service because the valid traffic can't compete Statistically, against this flood of of attacking traffic, which is trying to get through, so so
0: backing up a little bit. It's, it's, um, essentially, it's a bottleneck, really. Exactly, and it it, it, it a, is
1: a bottleneck happening somewhere.
0: Yeah. Okay
1: and 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 the the other the other the other troubling thing about this is that that modern denial of service attacks so-called ddos ddos d, the first d standing for 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 distributed the idea is that that thousands and and in fact today even tens of thousands of of machines scattered far and wide across the globe are are being controlled centrally and all instructed to to launch their their traffic, some some attacking traffic towards a certain point. So that's the
0: key because otherwise if you just had one machine trying to do this, it wouldn't it wouldn't have enough bandwidth to really flood the, the, the opponent. Well, that's a perfect example. For example, say that somebody
1: on a cable modem was attacking – some one person on a cable modem was trying to directly attack some other person on a cable modem. Well, as we know, cable modems tend to be asynchronous – asymmetric, rather, bandwidth. You can download maybe a megabit, but you can only upload maybe – 250K or or, or 256, so like one quarter of that. So the idea is if one person were trying as hard as they could to attack another, well, their maximum upstream or outgoing um, bandwidth would be 256K or 250K, for example, a quarter of a megabit, which is one quarter of what you're able to download. So you could... You could accept that attack down your connection and still have three quarters of a megabit. That is three quarters of your total bandwidth available to you for for the for, for valid traffic. So you might notice that boy, you know, my my cable modem or my DSL modem used to light used to be flickering or normally flickers. Now it's on set steady, but you would still be able to use your internet connection because it wouldn't be flooded and your your traffic would be able to get through. And even if even if now say four attackers combined their bandwidth and they were each a quarter megabit. Well now there'd be 1 megabit of attacking traffic competing with Potentially one megabit of your valid traffic, and you'd probably f- it would feel like a slowdown. It would feel like okay, something's wrong somewhere. We don't know where or what, but boy, my connection is smoking. Um, but I'm still sort of still connected to the internet. So it's the idea is it's a, it's a matter of scale. It's a
0: matter of how big. The flood is that is competing with valid traffic. I'd also so, like to, to to just point out, because we got a couple of uh, emails about last week, that we're talking a particular denial-of-service attack, a flood denial-of-service. There are other denial-of-service attacks where you yes. take advantage of exploits or holes, and that wouldn't require the same amount of bandwidth. That would just... In fact, you as somebody pointed out, you could do it with a with an attack every five minutes because it would bring the machine down each time.
1: Well, and, and uh, I saw those postings over over on the on the Twitch side. Also, there was one. I mean, that posting brought up a very good point, which you've just made, which is that there are attacks which are not about. Floods. The, the the classic one I just love it was it was called the ping of death, and it was a it was a fault in early versions of Microsoft Windows, where you if you sent it a ping if you sent the machine a single ping packet, where you had spoofed the source IP to be the same as the destination IP. That is, you 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 sent a packet that said. This is a ping from you to you. The machine exploded um not, not literally really, not literally of course <laughs> but, but windows, i mean it, windows but, didn't like it right but it's so funny well because it tried to reply to itself right and it's it didn't underst- and it got in a total loop and 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 the the the, the stack got unhappy and the processor uh, performance went to 100% utilization and basically the system just ground to a halt completely <laughs> because at a very low level in the operating system it was it was continually trying to to respond to its own
0: ping, essentially. Now, there are numerous attacks like that, but that we're talking about the, the the other the denial surface that comes from basically a flood.
1: Well, yes, and the problem with the, those other types of attack is they've all been. Resolved over time. People that fix is, the for, holes. Ex- they fix exactly. The for example, Microsoft realized what was happening and they they fixed the problem in their stack that would that would cause that to to bring the system down when it received one bogus ping packet. And I mean, and there are many other types of very I mean very tricky, sophisticated, very clever attacks in the past. the The original denial of service attacks against servers were were not bandwidth attacks per se. They were they were TCP protocol attacks, a so-called SYN flood. What happened there was that, as we've talked about TCP connections before, the first packet to arrive at a server is a SYN packet, short for synchronize, which is the client saying and requesting a connection with the server. The server um, sets up some resources at its end. To accept the connection, then sends back a SYN ACK packet to acknowledge the receipt of the SYN and to send its own synchronization information to the client, and then the client responds with a, with a final third packet, to, which is called the th- the three-way TCP handshake. Well, the fact that the server receiving the single SYN packet allocates a bunch of resources that is memory allocations on its end in order to begin to set up and get ready for the connection clever hackers figured out hey what if we just send a whole bunch of SYN packets to the server it's going to end up expecting a whole bunch of of connections which never arrive because we're not actually establishing a tcp connection we're just saying we are And so so even with relatively low bandwidth, the early servers, which were not hardened against this kind of attack, as virtually all servers are now, I mean, Windows XP has this this built in. Um, It turns out that um, Linux... And now Unixes are getting this technology, where they're much smarter about about what they what resources they allocate upon the initiation of a TCP connection. So so it's not it's not any longer possible to bring servers down
0: with with a relatively small trickle of SYN packets. So so not that really, some other exploit might not come along. I mean, there's plenty of bugs still to be found, no doubt. Oh, absolutely, and so you know, so that's you're right. One there, down, but there there, may there be could more. be anything else. Right,
1: but but the 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 evil elegance, if you will, of of what happens with a a, a true flood is is that they're just. I mean, it's it's
0: fundamentally overloading the internet's way of operating this and there's no way to defend because it's not a not a flaw in the internet it's taking advantage of the way the internet is supposed to work correct
1: in fact an, an analogy that i like that i think i've used um here when we were talking about this briefly before is a magnifying glass if you put your hand out in the sunlight. It feels fine, it feels warm, you know, not a problem. Hands were designed for the sun, right, and so putting it out there's not a problem. But if you hold a magnifying glass at the right distance over your hand, the same amount of radiation from the sun that was beforehand covering well, beforehand before which was previously covering your entire hand is now focused down to a single point. And now you've got a problem yeah. that hurts a lot. You've got yeah. you know burned flesh and blisters and, and and other horrors just from taking that normal amount of sunlight and focusing it on a point. Well, the now I love the analogy because it it really fits with the internet. There's you know ten thousand computers are not causing anyone any problem when they're all just surfing the web and browsing around and uploading and downloading files. But if those same ten thousand machines all do the same thing that is all focus their attention down to a single spot that spot is in trouble and of course the the non malicious sort of corollary to this is the is this is the so called slash dot where you know and I don't know if it's even still no, so now true now it's the, called the
0: dig effect the, the dig the same effect same idea yeah. exactly
1: it's where uh, you know a whole some some highly popular site refers to some other site and so suddenly that, that server is overwhelmed by valid users who too many valid users who all want to bring up the same pages at the same time and there just isn't enough power in the server or bandwidth in the connection or whatever and so you know you're digged or or slash dotted or, or or something
0: <laughs> right right, so it's so, a legitimate attack i mean i mean not attack, but that's a it's legitimate traffic, so you can't say no true well and so so back from about ninety nine is where
1: we began to first see this happening The, the there was a um a, a youngster fifteen years old uh named Mafia boy um ah, in yes. in I remember the name well oh, yeah. cuz it made a lot of press at the time and this was really the first indication that the world had that you know things were not quite as good on the internet as we thought uh, in february he attacked um yahoo and brought yahoo down and dell and you remember ebay going yeah, offline yeah. Uh, amazon.com w- was hit as was cnn one and kid did this. one kid and uh, it was estimated he caused about 1.7 billion dollars of damage wow. overall from 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 bringing these these serious e-commerce sites that really depend upon being on the net. In order to function. Every minute nope.
0: down costs some money. Big yes, bust. Did yes. they catch him? Did they find out who he
1: was? Yep. He was in Montreal. Um, he ended up pleading guilty to 55 Counts of criminal charges and served eight months in a youth detention center. Not enough. Um, and, I, and, I, and I don't know, but I would imagine very much as was the case with Kevin Mitnick that he's probably not allowed to right. touch a computer right. these days.
0: Either that, or yeah. he's got a very good job with a security firm.
1: Yeah. Well, and so <laughs> or both. so the, so those, of course, were were the you know, and and so now we're talking, um, we're talking um, six and a half years ago that you know these really high profile attacks brought to everyone's attention you know that you know this could really happen the other thing that, that happened was these attacks brought it to a much wider attention of of other of of other young people on the net, you know, so-called script kiddies or or you know young hackers who were um, often using IRC. IRC chat was was like a place where they hung out and talked and and told stories and you know swapped software and and URLs and things. And there's a there's a funny the the way IRC works. Internet IRC stands for Internet Relay Chat. The way it works is that you you can often have a a channel operator, um, uh, an IRC opera channel operator, who's sort of like the ruler of the channel, and that person is able to kick off um, just just unilaterally kick off or ban anyone that they want to because you know they're in charge of the channel. Well, that caused fights among teenage oh, yeah. hackers who were. You know, exa- exactly. Who who were not appreciating being knocked off of their of their, their 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 connection. So there were little squabbles that would form in IRC. Well, what what ensued was the development of the the, the sort of the first personal um, denial of service attack tools, the so-called bots, which which um, which these these um, young programmers would develop um, often. Writing them in Visual Basic or sometimes in C, there were source code floating around the net that they could use to sort of get started. And so it was it was what they did after school was to build these basically these 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 bots whose purpose was to attack typically other people on IRC, because if you are disconnected from IRC, you lose your privileges. Or the way IRC works, it's a, it's a network of servers. Um, that's why it's called Internet Relay Chat. The servers will relay messages from one server to the next. And, and it turns out that if a server is attacked... It will split the network. There aren't redundant connections among servers. So if one server is attacked, it can fragment this, this so called ch- the IRC channel, and you can end up with a server that doesn't have any leader on it. You then join that server, mm-hmm. stop the attack, and the way the IRC protocol works, when you when the servers reconnect, they merge the users, and briefly, you will have two operators allowing one to kill the other so oh, man <laughs> so so what happened was i mean there really became this culture of of blasting each other off the net in order to sort of play king of the hill. In, within these IRC domains, which became important social structures for for young kids who were, you know, hanging out on IRC in the afternoons after school and in the evenings. Well, one thing led to another, and then it became, okay, my bots are stronger than your bots. My, you know, my bots can, I, know, I can blast off anyone off the net and so on. Well, the problem is that... The, the as we've seen before what you need in order to have a strong attack is more bandwidth more bandwidth means more machines so so the second order phenomenon that that then began to happen was that that this bot code was then stuck in viruses Uh, actually installed through IRC using very powerful scripting languages. Uh, Naive IRC users would ask for help and and somebody would give them instructions that would, in in fact, download a Trojan, which is really what these programs are. These bots are Trojans. They would download these, these Trojans into their machine. So one way or another, the motivation was to spread one person's bots out on innocent victims computers as widely and with as uh, with with as high a concentration as possible so that that became the next game was seeing how many bots you could get in a so-called botnet or 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 bot network and and again the the sole purpose of these things at this time and this is before these trojans and and bots became spam sending that that happened afterwards the sole purpose was to generate a bandwidth flood aimed at a single point that would blast typically someone else in irc off of irc and and the other really interesting thing about this is that the bots themselves used the IRC system and in fact today they still do in order to receive instructions the idea would be that the bots would be built with some domain name in them and and someone running a botnet would would create a, would use a dynamic dns system in order to essentially in order to cause all of his bots using a whatever domain name he'd come up with to to connect to a server at a certain IP the the tricky thing is since as we saw before IRC is internet relay chat the 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 perpetrator or the the master of this fleet of zombies doesn't himself need to connect to the same computer or the same server he need he just connects to internet relay chat and and connects to the same channel and all of his commands will be sent anonymously relayed from one server to a next well this is what's made it so very difficult to track the operators of these networks down because, I mean, it's, it's very much like email, which is relayed from one email server to the next. However, in the course of email, of course, each server appends headers, as, as we've seen, in order to allow you to backtrack where your mail came from. Not so with the Internet Relay Protocol. So it's extremely difficult to find out who's behind a, a
0: fleet of bots. If you were going to invent, really, a service, an Internet service that was designed for hacking... From everything you've told me so far, it have to be IRC. I mean, it's yes, it's just a perfect uh, test tube for all this stuff.
1: Yes, it, it, it's really phenomenal when you look at it from that light. I mean, as you said, Leo, it is a perfect. It, it's a perfect medium for for first of all for creating
0: anger among people. Right. You know who and are they? they know that and everybody they, knows everybody's internet address. Yep. <laughs> I mean it's it's really remarkable. Exactly. And in fact
1: the 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 protocol, the IRC protocol is documented in some RFCs, although no server really follows it completely, but then what's happened is very powerful clients, MIRC is one of the most popular IRC clients. Very popular and very powerful clients have arisen, oh, yeah. which, which you're able to do scripting to. You can customize it. You can do all kinds of things. And, in fact, there are, there are, there are benign bots
0: within IRC that, that are used oh, for yeah. good, good purposes. We I have a Leo bot. We use bots frequently in various chat rooms I've been part of. Yeah. Right. I mean, it absolutely makes
1: sense to have to have a presence there, and, and maybe like ha- have an auto responder bot exactly. yeah. that, that will send back a message when it receives one. So, so what we have now, and and what has evolved over time, are very large bot networks, and I mean, truly tens of thousand networks large, and. um I have had the privilege, sort of, I guess it's a privilege, to to get involved in this years ago when GRC was originally attacked, the very first denial of service attacks, which were launched in exactly this fashion. I ended up, you know, spending a lot of time reverse engineering this, figuring out how it works. I remember surreptitiously joining uh, after reverse engineering a bot that I received, surreptitiously joining. The, the, the channel that this fleet of bots were in, and just watching them. When someone joins an IRC channel, they're they're basically announced as 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 coming, and when they leave, they leave. Well, if you just sit here watching one of these private bot network mm. channels, chilling, you, just, you constantly yes, you constantly have new machines. Announcing themselves, joining the network, and other machines leaving, Mm -hmm. and and so what's happening is this is all automated. I mean, there's no human involved at all. This is correct. Well, exactly. Somewhere, someone, some innocent person turned their computer on and connected it to the internet. And behind their back, this Trojan that had been installed through some actions they took, whether it was surfing to a website, exploiting known security vulnerabilities, opening an email attachment. I mean, every conceivable way of getting software in. I mean, this was sort of the first spyware or really malware that that was that was aimed really targeting people's machines i mean though know, the whole the whole commercial side the the the, the adware and and adware stuff the you know cool web search and all those things those those ended up sort of happening around the same time but this was purely malicious in intent and all the techniques that 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 the um, that the young hackers could come up with for getting this stuff installed in people's machines is what was used. I mean, so that so that individual individual hackers would have tens of thousands of machines that their own customized version of of this bot trojan had infected. And so at any given time some percentage of those total number of machines that were carrying that trojan would be online and automatically logging themselves in to this IRC chat channel. And what's chilling is they're they're there reporting for duty. Yeah, yeah. I mean th- they're they're logging in saying Okay, I'm ready to receive commands. What
0: is thy will, master?
1: And so, exactly. And so, somewhere, if this hacker chose to take pretty much anyone down that they wanted to, knocking them off the net and holding them off for whatever period of time they chose, they log into a different server... um, Use a password that only they and their bots know, because you're able to password protect these channels,
0: and you're able to hide the channels, log yeah, into a hidden... Which, which raises the issue. I mean, if you saw this channel, can't the FBI just find him and kill him? Yes. I mean, and and
1: presumably that's going on all the time but all they have to do is you know edit their code change the channel and reinfect a bunch of machines it is actually i remember years ago seeing some some statistics about the rate at which a new bot would would infiltrate people's machines just through common user actions i mean you know the kind of actions you don't want to have be common, right. but but people not knowing better. And so somewhere, this hacker connects to a different server, joins the hidden channel that his bots are a member of, and issues a command. The IRC system forwards that that basically it's just it, it, it's a command but it's a comment like any other posted in into a chat room forwards that chat comment through the system bouncing through any number of servers until it reaches the one where the bots are congregated that they're all checked into and they don't even have to all be congregated at the same server. There are also distributed bot networks that are smart enough to have a number of domains that they'll randomly choose so that they're not all congregating at the same server. I mean, this stuff has become, you know, through a process of successive refinement from from the hackers comparing notes and, hey, how are you doing this? Oh, that's a good idea. I think I should try that, too. They're, I mean, for them, it's a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so so what we have today is true destructive force, or as I called it, internet weaponry. Weapons that, of mass chatbotry. Well, yes, and, and in fact... Um, uh, in July of 2002, um, you may remember that the RIA was also off the net for many yes. days, That's right. off and on. In fact, it was you know it was very problematic for quite a while because they had the RIA had you know the, our our wonderful Recording Industry Association had in strongly endorsed some very. Very strong anti peer to peer file sharing, um, legislation. And so in retaliation, one or more, we don't know, you know, to this day, as far as I know, it was never tracked down. Um, one or more people who who objected to that RIAA policy just said, "Okay, we'll show you who's boss of the internet." It was really and, running the show, yeah. And just blew the RIAA's website down how many, and held and
0: held it down for quite a quite a while. How big are these nets? How many do you have to have? How many co-opted machines to be effective? And. What are the defenses against these things? That's three big questions I know. But well, I know that I know
1: that Mark Thompson has told me he has, has a friend with a major bandwidth provider network that has seen attacks of nine gigabits. So, Shemini, I mean, Christmas a nine gigabit attack.
0: Now, there's very few pipes that could survive something like that.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, that's a serious, a serious debilitating attack. So, so say for the sake of of calculating in our head that a typical bot on a cable modem. Oh and by the way, those are called cable bots. Because you want to ha- you cable bots you are bandwidth. better than yeah. modem bots. Right. You know, modem bots are lame. <laughs> 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 no first of all, they're not connected very often, so they're not often participating in the fleet. You need an always um, on high bandwidth connection. That's really, really what you good. want. Yeah. So so say that we had upstream bandwidth from an infected machine of as I was saying before, like two of two hundred and fifty kilobits, a quarter megabit. Okay, so four of those would be a megabit. Four thousand of those
0: would be a gigabit. Thirty-six thousand machines. Yes, oh, thirty-six. Even if you were more conservative and said half that, it would still be uh, eighteen thousand machines. There, there was That's one huge net.
1: One botnet found of a hundred thousand machines. Wow. Wow. C- controlled a single, a single controlling individual with 100,000 machines. Now, well, are these always a-
0: created by a virus? I mean, is that the only way to effectively create something like this?
1: No, it's it's anything you can do to get... it. it the, the, the bots are, are are communicating Trojans. It's a Trojan which gets installed into a computer s- arranged to, to automatically start whenever the machine is booted, and the first thing it does is try to phone Refin- home. And after, yeah, okay. <laughs> You join the net. You join the, the, IRC the channel. net. Yeah, report for duty, and 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 so so the idea is that any techniques which can be used to get code running in someone's machine has been done. So any security
0: flaw, uh, presumably yes. these bots could then be instructed. Well, okay, here it's here's some code. Yeah, execute it try to find more recruits try to yeah the a, a perfect
1: the a perfect example for example are the internet worms that we saw like code red and nimda and so forth that were very successful at propagating themselves now their only interest was in their own propagation, although they also in several cases opened back doors and left back doors behind that then allowed their machines to to be taken over remotely but but they weren 't bringing along any other like remote control bot technology, although of course the famous uh, code red did have, and in fact many of them had had, um, time delay attacks where they would launch attacks on, on a given website. Remember, there was whitehouse.gov was targeted, Microsoft's, mm-hmm. um, security update service was, mm-hmm. was targeted. So, so they had their own malicious intent, but they were not remote control trojans that they were disseminating. So in general, you know, email, um, uh, email attachments, uh, you know, sort of shady websites that will use known vulnerabilities, or just just somebody saying, in fact, this is one of the famous ones, here is a free utility that will speed up your internet connection five times. And there and were... A lot of people
0: who just jump at that.
1: Absolutely. It's like, whoa, my internet connection really needs a five times ah. boost. Ah. So they'll download it and run it. And maybe it like... It says, "Oh, your connection is already optimized. Thanks for coming by." Or, you know, or might pretend to be doing that. What it's really done is install something malicious. So, mm. you know, we've said before, and this is a perfect reason to 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 say again: really, d- only download things from well-known high reputation websites you know snap files uh cnet is going to be is going to be you know checking the files that they're offering and making sure i mean and they specifically say they've checked them for bots and viruses and trojans and these files are clean but you know you you really need to be cautious when when you download something that seems like it may be too good to be true
0: um it probably is wow and it, so it, okay, so so that's the size that you need that's how they get them yep um, now, now the, how the do you final defend? well,
1: um, the final step in in this, and we'll talk about defense in a second in the evolution of this has been doing this for profit and and that really changed the complexion of internet attacks. Somebody realized, hey um, if if mafia boy was able to do $1.7 billion of damage to those companies, then wouldn't they have been willing to pay something beforehand not to have suffered that damage? Even 10% of that would be, you know, plenty of money, $170 million. So, So what people realized was due to the evolution of the net, and specifically, the, uh, the the a prime target have been online gambling websites. There are now companies whose I mean, whose livelihood really depends upon being online. Especially, for example, in the case of online gambling sites, around the times of major sporting events, which the sites tend to specialize in horse races, boxing matches matches whatever. And so what what has happened and is now happening is there are extortion rings that seem relatively well organized which will contact a website's owner or owning company and say Hi there. Um, we'd like to sell you our protection services. Oh, my goodness. This is a, the traditional protection scheme. That's exactly what it is.
0: Oh, my
1: goodness. It is It is exactly that. And if you pay us $10,000, um, we will arrange not to have your site attacked uh, be, uh, during the upcoming, you know, blue chip
0: horse race or or it, who knows what. The truth is the only people they could protect against were were themselves. Well, yes, they exactly. <laughs> so they, they, they're really they can, saying we won't attack you. They cannot
1: give the order to their bot fleet. It's so, it's sort of like the way Washington saves us money. It's by by not do, giving us the increases they were planning, and they call that a cut. Yeah, don't charge what we thought we would. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, 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 very often, the first time one of these extortion threats is received, the owner is blow it off and well, this is old news now no one blows it off today who's in the business but they would say ah you know i i I don't think it's going to be that bad or i've got big servers or i've got a big pipe or i'm paying extra for super strong networking whatever and sure enough the big day comes and they are off the net for 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 24 hours Just gone. They're black. No one can get to them. And they're losing their customers who are pissed off that they can't get to their, to the gambling site they were using. So those customers just go somewhere else. I mean, and so they realize there's a huge cost of Of not being on the net because those are those customers that they have once lost are going to be very hard to reclaim right. so you know the the attack ends an hour later, the phone rings or email arrives saying, "Gee, we're really sorry um we were unable to prevent that mm-hmm. we see you are off the net for the last mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. while the horses all cross the mm-hmm. the finish line so gee, um, I hope that when that next botching, uh, boxing match comes up uh, and we contact you again to offer our protective services,
0: you may think twice. And more often than not, they get paid. Do we now, have any idea how often this is happening? I mean, I, I imagine it's quite widespread. Uh,
1: yes. When I, the last time uh, I, I I spoke to a whole room full of FBI guys, I, I, I meet with the the. Um, I can't remember what they call Secret themselves. it's like a well, the d- it's crime it's, division, yeah, it's yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, The electronic crimes guy, but right. it's people from the Secret Service, the FBI, right. and 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 Border Patrol, and all kinds of d- divisions have you know and a, a side to them that is concerned with electronic crimes. The electronic crimes task force. And um, I was chatting with one of my FBI friends before this, and we were specifically talking about this kind of thing and and what often happens is that a few months will go by and there'll be
0: another request for more payment right and so it's blackmail they never stop but once they've got a a mark they're going to keep going Yeah, I mean, and it is really a problem.
1: Now, what's happened is, in response, these sites that really, really have to stay on the net, or they're in serious trouble, they've realized, okay, I guess I can't buy my bandwidth from, you know, the cheapest provider in town. So they've ended up Hugely strengthening their connections. There are some commercial services now that have deliberately have huge pipes and, and, and like proxying servers to accept the connections on behalf of one of their clients. So they're selling internet protective services. These websites then they 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 are they're placed behind but these, these denial.
0: legitimate, legitimate uh, uh, vendors here we're not talking yes. about yeah not the extortionists now
1: yes and i mean and it, it's still the case that that the largest attacks are able to cause problems but mostly what's happened is the cost of doing business for these people who are having now pay a a serious true technology you know bandwidth provider to insulate them from these floods of packets you know their costs have gone up forever so it's not like the internet is a free ride for them because you know there are there is now true internet weaponry loose on the
0: internet amazing so what so the defense is what i mean how do they do it well the 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 the, The problem is that we're
1: talking about a distributed network, widely distributed. For example, 10,000 machines... Or as, as we did the, we, we did the math for a nine gigabit attack thirty six thousand machines there's you know they're not all in one university they're not all in one location because of the nature of the way they are spread through websites through email through spam through through hey download this free internet accelerator program you know everybody on the planet is going to be carrying these bots right and and so so what, what happens is as in my magnifying glass analogy packet traffic is incoming from every ISP, every major tier 1 provider, you know, through every network on the internet and and the at any given point the traffic doesn't look unusual. It's only as it begins to converge down towards its target that, that, you know, the wires begin glowing and the network engineers say, uh oh, you know, something's wrong here because we're seeing all kinds of spikes and, and servers and routers crashing on our network. Mm-hmm. So, so the problem is there, you know, there isn't a way to practically backtrack this and it's certainly the case also that bots could be given instructions ahead of time so they will launch their attack if not told not to and you could even have smart bots that are able to figure out like so if, like something posted on a web page somewhere they could be getting their instructions from the content of a web page i mean so so the the problem is the it's a perfect example of the extreme sophistication and 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 power and flexibility of the internet is being
0: turned against it and and citizens on the internet and so because it's so widespread you can't filter it uh you can right. you can only throw bandwidth at it basically right now now there have been there have been
1: attacks which were filterable for example there was um, a famous attack, in fact, uh, that we didn't talk about yet. Was um, in in late October of 2002. Uh, remember when the DNS system was attacked? Oh boy! Uh, um, that was a it was a one hour long massive ping attack it was just an icmp flood it was so strong though it was directed at all 13 of the of the main dns servers the so-called root servers which which maintain the master directories of of domain names um nine of the 13 dns servers were brought down only four of the servers managed to stay on the net. And they were brought so, down by pings, by, by yes, floods. Just an ICMP. Now what's interesting is that DNS doesn't need ICMP. Oh. It's it's nice to be able to ping a DNS server to see if it's up and if it's if it's responding, but technically you don't need it's not required. Right. So what, so what could be done is, is filters could be put in routers far enough upstream, that is, away from the DNS server, so that the concentration hasn't yet had a chance to become so extreme that, that, that filter can't handle the traffic. And the filters could be said, drop, incoming icmp traffic to this ip address Mm. and so what would happen is the the distributed attack would be that well that particular distributed attack would be stopped far enough upstream by when it was still dispersed enough that individual filters could stop their portion of the attack that was trying to move through them as it concentrated the problem is dns does use udp and so so the reason we haven't really bothered filtering ICMP is first of all it would be a problem if DNS servers didn't respond to pings. You'd like them to do that. I mean that would, you know, break who knows what else that is like checking on DNS server response times and, and Lord only knows. But but you could you could always attack the same protocol that the service or server uses in in the case of DNS, it's the UDP protocol, and and, and famously in the case of any website, it's TCP aimed at port 80. Hmm. So if if an attack, for example, were using UDP, um, uh, say well say say it was like a DNS attack on port 53, but aiming at a web server, if the web server didn't need to serve DNS it could just have that blocked upstream, and the attack could not get through to it. But all web servers inherently have to be able to accept TCP packets, typically on port 80. So if the attack is profiled so that it looks exactly like what your customers are doing, like your valid traffic, there really, truly is no way to filter it. So you're essentially saying there's no defense. There really is no defense. The only thing that can be done is that, and this is what some of the commercial anti-denial-of-service service providers have done, is they could have servers connected to very large pipes which accept the connection on behalf of the actual website's servers and and respond to every single incoming attacking packet assuming that it's valid right and now the problem is you have something called denial of service backscatter since the since the source IPs of the incoming packets are spoofed. They're normally just random numbers. And it's a SYN packet, the server will respond with a SYN ACK packet back to the apparent source IP. Well, if it's a random source IP, this just sprays these SYN ACKs all over the internet. And in fact, some really brilliant people down at the San Diego uh, Supercomputer Center, they owned a a large block of never-used IP space. They set up a monitoring system to watch the incoming SYNAC traffic that just happened to statistically land within their big IP space. And they were able to track... This is so cool. They were able to track and monitor denial-of-service attacks occurring all over the Internet from the backscatter generated by servers that were under attack trying to respond hmm. with Synax to bogusly addressed packets. So some percentage of the total traffic from a random IP would, have, would happen to have the IP in this net. That you know, network and also net, as in a phishing net, that that the that the supercomputer center w- was watching, so they could tell they could tell when attacks were occurring, how strong the attacks were, and since the server would be sending the SYNAC from its own IP, they knew who was being attacked on the internet
0: at any time. And the conclusion was... It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there is one solution, which is to really, and I certainly think we do this as best we can. I certainly do, uh, and I know you do. Tell everyone you know about it so that they don't fall prey to these botnets, that they don't get their computers zombied. Otherwise, you're out of luck. Yeah, well, of
1: course, I famously made a lot of noise when microsoft was getting ready to put windows xp out for the first time mm-hmm. because there was something they were adding to xp known as raw sockets which for for unfortunately complex reasons was a really bad idea and allowed attacks to be much worse than they would otherwise be it 's not that they weren 't happening before that unix didn't always have raw sockets that that you know there weren 't other ways to generate floods of bandwidth all that was true but but x p was the dominant platform we I knew that people would be. Unfortunately, installing bots and trojans into XP, and and you know, and, and there's no better place than a than a, a a denial of service bot wants to be than in a machine with raw socket capability because it makes it so much easier for it to launch a, an extra strong debilitating attack. Anyway, as we know. Uh, Microsoft didn't understand what I was trying to say, and it wasn't until it uh, the, the, yeah, the the MS Blastworm <laughs> right. used XP's raw sockets against Microsoft right. that they finally thought, ouch, uh, <laughs> we better We got to take, take this out of XP. And, of course, in Service Pack 2 that fixed so many other security problems with XP, Microsoft also removed
0: raw sockets, and uh, and things are better today. Yeah. So, folks, uh, tell every—I mean, anybody who listens to this podcast— isn't really likely to be a member of a botnet. But tell your parents, your friends, your less sophisticated uh, acquaintances: uh, don't open email attachments. You, you know, do all the security things we talk about day in, day out. You know, update your system regularly. Make sure you apply all the critical updates, and you know, don't open attachments. Don't have a good antivirus. Be careful. And then, um, I guess if they if they have been. A boted, uh in many cases, an antivirus scandal detected. But of course, if they've used a rootkit, they may be completely invisible.
1: Yeah, I um, I, you know, I I guess bottom line is, I mean, you know, people sometimes believe that I'm an alarmist, that I'm you know raising concerns that are are above the level that the threat requires. Right. And you know, my position is, hey, I'm just explaining what is. I'm just saying this stuff is happening. It does exist. Malicious programs are on the net that can be downloaded
0: that will do what this what this says. So it, it may be too late. <laughs> Once you know, if there really is a massive problem, then it's too late. Better to raise the alarm now. Well,
1: to, to me, it doesn't seem. Like this is escalating any further. I mean, law enforcement has been successful in in tracking down a lot of these people. the The one glitch in the extortion racket is that somehow money needs to go from right. the company right. that's been extorted back to the extorteurs. and and so it's it's and Western Union has been used often in order to sort of. Try to create some sort of um, not easy to follow trail, but the problem is with more and more governments cooperating now. With is now becoming a, a widely recognized problem. You know, when it used to be five years ago, you would talk to somebody and say, "I need help," you know, tracking down a, a an internet attack. They'd go, "Huh." A what? Yeah. Now it's like, oh, yeah, sorry you hear that. You know, you've got a client who's got a problem. I mean, it, you know, now it's they understood. It. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot more cooperation. And so certainly it's difficult for these extortions to get paid, though. Apparently there are still ways, because as far as I know, it's still going on.
0: Well, and I'm actually uh, as bad as that is more concerned about the, the vulnerability you described in the DNS system. And while there, nothing bad, really bad has happened yet, it's, they've obviously made some noises indicating they could do it. Well, it's
1: absolutely the case that that if DNS were if all the servers were held down long enough, see, that, see that's the thing. This one hour attack frightened people in the networking community because it was very clear then that DNS could be held offline. Um, the the problem, though, is that DNS servers are also distributed and they cache all their addresses locally. So, so typical, you know, Amazon.com, myowngrc.com, eBay, whatever, those addresses are widespread and only when they expire in a local server's DNS cache is it necessary for that server to go and update itself. Mm-hmm. Typically, that's a day. So you'd have to hold you'd have to hold all the DNS servers down and off the net in, for a day, in order for the DNS history, for for the DNS caches widely distributed among the the millions of DNS servers that, that are like owned by ISPs and in some cases in some cases individuals, for their caches to drain and for them not to be able to then get themselves refreshed. So I mean, it it's it, hard. To on do. the other on the other hand, it would. Bring down the net. Yeah. The, the entire net would basically come down. I mean, IP addresses would still work, but who knows
0: anyone's IP address? We yeah. all use DNS. That's why, going back to the hosts file, you might want to start a, uh, making a hosts file of your own, of all the sites that you really, really like, just in case. And, of course, I hope you'll include twit.tv in that list uh, so you can still get our podcast, should the worst happen. That's just uh, it's amazing, really amazing. Yeah. Well, it's one reason why uh, our sponsor, Astaro, is uh, doing so well. People are very aware of security nowadays, and naturally, when your company's looking for security, the place to go is A-S-T-A-R-O dot com, Astaro Corporation, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway. If your small or medium business network needs superior protection, From everything. I mean, spam, viruses, of course, hackers, as well as complete VPN capabilities, intrusion protection, content filtering, and an industrial strength firewall, all in an easy to use, high performance appliance like I have. I'm so glad to have it, It makes me feel better. Contact Astaro, ASTARO.com, or 877, the number four ASTARO, to schedule a free trial of an Astaro Security Gateway appliance in your business. Of course, they do offer the free version for consumer download at their website and uh, boy if you're a, if you're managing a larger network with a bunch of gateways you want to look at the Astaro command center what a slick way to keep track of what's happening on your network and let's pray and hope that you never see all those lights go red with a big distant denial yeah. <laughs> of service attack ooh that would be a scary scary thing i you know i think it's an interesting job now to be a system administrator
1: it's, it's not boring. There is yeah. so much going on. You've right. got, you know, as, as we've talked before, you've got worms scanning around trying to propagate themselves. You've got, you know, attacks of one sort another. You've got incoming unsolicited spam. I mean, it's just, it's, there's a lot going on on the
0: network. A lot of beasties out there. Yeah. GRC.com is the place to go for more information about many things. Of course, this is where you can get show notes and the 16 kilobit versions of this show. Transcriptions, too, thanks to Elaine dot uh, grc.com slash security now. It's also a good place to go to get the ultimate disk recovery and maintenance utility, the wonderful Spinrite, Steve's bread and butter during the day. Yep. Uh, also, for information or uh, testimonials from customers, and there's some great ones, Spinwrite.info. We, ha-
1: we, got, we got one. I was thinking of you the other day, Leo. Someone wrote they had, they had a hard drive die, and they sent it to a data recovery company who gave them a quote of I think it was eleven hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, very
0: typical, actually.
1: With with no guarantee of success. Right. Just that was the quote, and the guy said, uh, "Send it back." So he bought a copy of Spinrite, <laughs> and three hours later, his drive was back online, working uh, perfectly, yes.
0: and fixed it. What so, a nice story. There's lots uh, of those at Spinrite.info. S p yeah. yeah. yeah, i n r i t e. dot i n f o. Yeah, you know, it's uh, more and more. I'm telling people. Um, if it's if it's if it's a physical error, you know, if the disc is gouged, Spinrite won't fix that, and you might have to spend eleven hundred bucks. But anything short of that, Spinrite's the first thing to try. Really, is a great tool. Uh, I guess we're uh, we're done for the day on our internet weaponry segment. What a fascinating yep. topic, though.
1: Yeah. Forty-eight next week is a Q and A episode, so we'll answer questions and. Uh and catch up with email, and then move on from there. All right, Steve. A- approaching one year of
0: Security Yay. Now. Yay! So a happy 4th of July week to you. I hope you take, took a little time off for fireworks. I bet you didn't. Nope, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm battling CSS menus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, different kind of fireworks going on in the yeah. Ibsen household. Thank yeah. you, Steve. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Leo. On Security Now. Security Now.